Hello and welcome everyone to this new episode of The Weekly Hook. And this week it's my turn. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I think this this episode is going to, to have a topic that we can both talk about a lot. So much so that we might actually, uh, we could ostensibly do a uh, serially hooked season about it at some point. But who knows, one day maybe. I'm so excited that I literally, like, physically did, like, a little shimmy <laughs> thing. Like, you yeah. could see me, but no, of course not. No. Just as a heads up, Rashad, if you ever want to chime in, in please do so i will probably ask you questions every once in a while but i might just get carried away by my enthusiasm of talking about this topic oh my god what is this and something i can talk about yes oh man all right okay today i'm going to talk about a cultural phenomenon that is called hamilton an american oh. musical <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah uh which actually ca was kind of the start of our podcast in a weird way i was thinking about this because i because you have disney plus and i don't and i was asking you whether i could watch hamilton on over your uh, like via your account when it was starting to stream and then it's uh you know i started watching the mandalorian and that that you know the rest is history we have uh we now have a star wars podcast i guess and um or a podcast in which we also talk about Star Wars. Let's put it that way. And yeah, so Hamilton has been there in the beginning of this whole endeavor. And yeah, it is a Hamilton is a musical about the founding father and first treasury secretary of the US, Alexander Hamilton. Uh, maybe before I go into details, I just want to I just wanted to ask you about your experience of how you discovered and experienced this musical wow so it's been a long history so i think it started out before even the show came out there were a few youtube videos of lynn manuel miranda doing little raps at the white house mm -hmm. or um the opening sequence just uh you know pl uh, singing the original cast singing it in front of uh, a crowd uh, and at political events and then Obviously, when Hamilton first came out, it was just a huge success sweeping over the United States and generally the globe. And I kind of got wrapped up in it, listening to the soundtrack over and over and over and over again. And, um, you know, to my chagrin, I wasn't living in the United States at the time. And I was actually, where was I living? Germany, I believe. And I couldn't get tickets, obviously, in New York because I wasn't in the U.S. Mm. So when they released uh London, the tickets in london so i forget what year it was but they had announced that they were coming to the west end and i was in london all the time back then with a yeah so i was in, i was in london all the time back then going over from uh, mainland europe and i was sat in my ex's living room clicking on the like the screen having 12 tabs open trying to figure out to, how to get tickets for the first day that the the first minute that 
they release tickets for the live showings of Hamilton in London. And I'm just like furiously trying to get tickets as soon as I possibly can. And the earliest tickets that I could get were like 12 months after (laughs) the actual ticket date that I bought them at. Wow. And within that 12 months, my ex and I had broken up. And I then, um, when the time came, I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to go. I have two tickets to Hamilton. Who wants to come? Essentially, I advertised this to a few of my friends. And a friend of mine from Germany also, we ended up going together. And it was just such an experience going to see the show live. So going to see Hamilton wasn't the original cast in London, obviously. Mm. But it was still such an exciting experience to see. Um, the choreography was amazing. The experience was phenomenal. And just, you know, getting to see the phenomenon that swept the world in some ways, it was just so fascinating for me. And I really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, as soon as the Disney Plus uh, film released, I just was also, like, taken aback because it was the first time I was actually able to see the original cast yeah. do it. So it was a whole nother level of experience. And... You know, just going from only the soundtrack to having seen it in person with a non-original cast to be able to see it on a video, at least, with the original cast. It was just a tremendous long-term relationship. And I can't really remember a singular um, play or musical that I have this long-standing of relationship with. Yeah, it's it's funny because I had obviously heard about the uh, phenomenon that swept... North America um in the mid 2010s so it's been a while but uh, but I I didn't I didn't really avoid hearing about things but I just didn't reach out I uh, because sometimes you know I have this thing where everyone's talking about something and I just I'm like anti I don't want to I'm like no I'm not, not interested you're just the contrarian yeah, I that was for example the same with with Game of Thrones and I only I caved after f- the f- just before the 5th season came out and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to check out the 1st season. You know, let's see what all this fussle is about and then I Wow, you joined at the wrong time. I know. And then I like binged the first 4 seasons like within 2 weeks before the 5th season started. Yeah, bad timing, but better late than never, you know. Um yeah, and it was the same with Hamilton, and I kind of I never I knew that everybody loved it basically. Yeah, I I didn't really know anything about it except that you know it was about Alexander Hamilton that I who I heard like I knew like a few things about, but not that much. Um, you know, I, I actually the funny the funny thing is I knew that he died uh, because of a duel because I had for some reason I had researched like duels as a topic like a few years before that. What? Why? Uh, because I read a novel in which a duel is a integral part of the plot. I was like, oh yeah, what's what's you know the duel? What's that all about? And then I read about it, and you know Hamilton was one of the, I think one of the last few really famous people dying from it, or dying because of it. Um, yeah, and that's that's basically what I knew. And so I didn't really know anything about this musical uh, until the uh, Disney Plus came out, and then I watched. I hadn't listened to a second of the, of the soundtrack. I didn't know anything about it. I knew that it was like there was a 
you know, it was always referred to as a rap musical, which, uh, you know, is good to differentiate it from other musicals. But, uh, you know, there's a good amount of singing in there as well. And, you know, obviously the fact that most, uh, almost all of the cast members are people of color. Um, you know, that was, that I also knew about, but that was it. And I just started watching it and I was like, fucking blown away by it i loved it so much um from the first song actually not just because the first song is great but also because you know they basically they tell you what's going to happen in terms of storytelling that is a that's a really cool move and yeah i really liked it and then afterwards i just i bought the sound the the cast recording and then i just i've been listening to it a lot not as much like these days but in the like the six months after watching watching it on disney plus i've listened to it at least once a week uh and yeah uh, i still go back to it from time to time yeah so hamilton is the uh, second musical written by lin-manuel miranda after in the heights the musical is based on the biography by ron Chernow, which i have also read i think last year which is quite a thick book. You read that after watching the musical, I assume, yes, right? Yes, 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 of course. <laughs> okay. Um, I it received it received a record breaking sixteen nominations for the Tony Awards, um, and won eleven of them. Uh, it won the twenty sixteen Pulitzer Prize for drama. It received Grammy a Grammy Award, two Lawrence Olivier Awards, and many more things. Um. The music and the lyrics are written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. The orchestration is by Alex Lacamoire. It's directed by Thomas Kale and choreographed by Andy Blankenbuehler. And yeah, I mentioned before that, you know, there was, it's this cultural phenomenon. And it is, of course, because of the musical itself, because of the cast recording, but I think also because, you know, there was this thing called Ham for Ham, which you know you can still find on YouTube. Everybody wanted to get tickets, and there were people like standing in line to enter a lottery to to maybe get some, and um, just to like you know give something back to those people because most of them wouldn't get any tickets. The cast members would always do like performances outside of the theater, and it's actually pretty fun. You can. You can look those up on YouTube. I, I think I watched like most of the ones that you can see and uh, they're pretty cool. I'm going to refer only to the original broad, uh, Broadway cast here um, just because that's, you know, what's on the on the cast recording and all of this and also on Disney+. Plus. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, most most of the cast is people are people of color except for King George III. So basically everybody who is in a U.S. American is not white. Um, which safe to say is very unusual for uh, media in general and musicals maybe in particular and i was just i'm just going to ask you um this is kind of a bigger uh question about you know historical accuracy how important is it in fiction and i just wanted to ask you about your opinion on that not just about you know the the cast uh, that they're you know that they're not all just white people 
um but just in uh you know in general what do you think about the question of you know narrative and historical er accuracy yeah on your first point on the race representation um a friend of mine uh who mentioned he was uncomfortable a little bit with the show he mentioned that he was uncomfortable with the representation in hamilton because if the roles are reversed then it would be you know a travesty right mm -hmm. and my my friend was you know he he's a minority from the united states so he kind of he gets representation and he understands the importance of it but from um, a point that he made that I didn't know how to respond to was like, oh, this is like actually all a bunch of white people, basically, for the most part. And if it were a bunch of black people and it was all whitewashed, then that would be such a like an outcry. Mm -hmm. But in this, it was fine or lauded for its minority representation. So that's what he said. Um, but my answer, I guess, my response, which my theoretical response at the time, I was like, uh, but my theoretical response, I guess, would go towards what you said about historical fiction mm -hmm. and how important is the historical accuracy um i would personally say not too important um but on one hand the thing is okay i would say not too important for historians but quite important for the average people mm. if that makes sense because it's odd a lot of people just get their historical information from historical fiction yeah and it's at what point does it become your duty as a historical fiction writer or cr creator to depict the events as similar as you can to the, the past? But for me, you know, from a historian perspective, a history is obviously created and f structured and not really, it's not, there is no. Well, I'm not going to go that far, but there is almost no objective truth to history. Yeah. Um, but using, you know, I for me, it's like, oh, it's entertainment. I don't see it as history at all. I see it as similar to Game of Thrones as it is to, um, you know, any Civil War novel or whatever. So it's a very interesting thing because it's like a social responsibility, I say, to keep it as accurate as you can. But... Uh, in reality, it has just as much use as Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. You know, sometimes there are things where, uh, you know, I I can't bear certain things. I mean, if it's a factual inaccuracy, that's one thing, right? If the yeah, if I don't know, if they said something and this did something completely different, like Hannibal attacked Rome from the south, like <laughs> great, like that's that would not yeah. be great. Yeah. Yeah, I had I had a I had a really I had a funny thing happen to me where I watched a movie. I don't want to go into specifics here, but I watched a movie that was that took place in the 17th century and within the first 10 minutes there was a there was a historical figure uh who I knew at the time that this was playing had already been dead for 20 years. And I was like, oh, I hate this. But I hate most that it bothers me so much. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah, but I had just read a lot about this historical figure, like recently at the time. Then you're kind of asking for it in that case. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I watch the movie in the first place is the question. Yeah, but I, I agree. Like it's, you know, 
you could go back to Shakespeare, like his representation of like history in his plays isn't that great either, but it's great art. So who cares? But yeah, it, it kind of becomes a problem when people take, you know, re get all of their uh, like quote unquote knowledge about history from media or like the, like entertainment specifically. Um, but yeah, I like one of the things that I absolutely adore about this musical is this meta level of historiography, the perception of history, the role of narrative in history and historiography. And that is, you know, that's just me nerding out like crazy, but that's one of the most important things about this musical to me personally. And yeah, we'll we'll get into that later. Especially because, you know, in the songs, Miranda cites historical documents. And that was just an interesting move, I think. I, I love that a lot. The musical, as you mentioned, has also spread. You know, it's not just on Broadway, it is, or it used to be, anyway. Uh, but also in the West End of London, it's in Chicago. It just, I think, came to Hamburg as well. And yeah, so there are a few. And it, it's it's been on tour in Puerto Rico and other places as well. And yeah, it's just a huge phenomenon. Not as much as, you know, a few years ago, of course, but it's still huge. And yeah, structurally speaking, it is comprised of two acts, which is fairly typical for musicals. You know, the classic rise and fall uh, narrative. Yeah, some of the cast members as well played two roles in uh, either act. And I don't, I don't actually want to go into the plot at all because I feel like people who listen to this either already know about it or they should stop this podcast now and check it out. So if you don't know anything about this, about this musical, please stop listening now. Don't get spoiled. Listen to the cast recording or if you have Disney Plus, watch it and then go uh, come back to this episode. You know what I wish they could have done for the recording? Hmm. Uh, for the for the film version on Disney Plus, what? you know how if you're watching like a a game of soccer, you can have like a star cam or whatever, and it follows a specific player mm -hmm. throughout the entire game. I really wish they could have done this, and I would have just watched the David Diggs version <laughs> all the time, like yeah. constantly, even when he's off screen. I just want to see like a picture of him, like a video of him, just like. That's the funny thing about watching uh, watching the uh, recording all over and over. I mean, not over and over again. I've only seen it like four times. It's not that bad, but I see myself watching people in the background way more on repeat recordings, of course, because you know what's going on in the back in the foreground, you know. And to be honest, that's the biggest thing about being there live, is that you do your eye does shift so much more because there's more depth to it, literally. And you're, I mean, the way you, I didn't obviously didn't get front row seats, so you're above and you're watching everything from th that's happening below you. So it's a very unique perspective. Yeah, I mean, some some of the songs I like more because i know what's happening on stage which is you know just going crazy i just want to briefly mention everyone from the uh, original broadway cast so we have lin-manuel miranda as alexander hamilton we have leslie odom jr as aaron burr philippa sue as eliza hamilton renee elise goldsberry as angelica schuyler christopher jackson as george washington and then we get a bunch of dual roles. David Diggs as the Marquis de Lafayette, 
and Thomas Jefferson, get Okielete Onao Doan as Hercules Mulligan and James Madison, Anthony Ramos as John Lawrence and Phil Philip Hamilton, Jasmine Cifer Jones as Peggy Schuyler and Maria Reynolds, and finally, last but not least, uh, Jonathan Groff as King George III. We also get a lot of, you know, Broadway, I don't know. I never know how to refer to them, but the people in the background, the NPCs, if you will, you know, also doing great acting and great singing. Um, but yeah, I, you know, shame, shame on me. I didn't look up their names. Sorry, everyone. Um, but yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ask you now on a whim, what are your top four uh, characters? Oh my God. I was going to ask you top four songs. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> top four characters. Um, I mean, n- not the actors, right? So I can pick both of the Dick's characters. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, in order or just any, I mean, if you can order them, sure. Um, oh my god (laughs) hold on oh man okay oh hold up okay this is i'm just trying to like order it in my head right Mm -hmm. jefferson the london cast eliza oh interesting Uh um angelica aaron burr Wow, cool. Yeah, I have uh, Washington as my number four. Oh, fuck, Washington. <laughs> Washington is my number four. Angelica is my number three. Jefferson is my number two. And Aaron Burr is my number one. Which is funny because it's a movie about Hamilton and we both didn't pick Hamilton at all. Yeah, nah, but, good. Yeah, he is, he is not that great. Which I think is... Uh, which is actually something about this musical that I love as well. It is... you know, Except for maybe Washington who is a little bit glorified here i think uh, all characters are pretty ambiguous and uh yeah yeah it's great no i i stick to my list yeah okay i yeah. might flip eliza and jefferson yeah um Ooh, but... wow i mean i like philippa sue it's just like no not yeah well, I, I think the that's the, one of the biggest things it's interesting because the casts in the london cast i mm-hmm. think they cast eliza a lot better okay my mind she had a lot more strength mm-hmm. as her character in her performance yeah um and i obviously that's a little different from cast to cast if i probably were to pick just the original broadway cast i might say i might say washington or mm. even king george yeah um <laughs> but or just put lafayette in there just put lafayette. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Jonathan Groff I really love as well. He was the only one that I had uh, seen previously because I had watched the series Mindhunter. Ah, uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. I know the guy. Where do I don't know know him from? I love the way he's like he he's like he spits as yes. he's screaming. It's just so intense. It's so really, well done. Really out there. It's I kind love of it. I I really like Anthony Ramos as well, but he can, I don't know I don't like John Lawrence and Phil Philip Hamilton that much. They're not that important. And actually, yeah. the the mo the the most the scene that I liked the most was is not in the in the cast recording, but in the in the rec- like quote unquote videotaping, where it's basically a- Alexander hears about John Lawrence's death, and that's a really oh, yes. cool scene. 
Oh my lord! Yeah, that's such a good scene. Yeah, we're gonna we're going to go into the uh, into my highlights, and there are forty. So it's it's two acts. Each act has f- twenty three songs. I'm I'm going to talk about about most of them. So. Oh wow! Okay, let's. Uh, I'm gonna sit back and let you do your thing. Yeah, and please, uh, if you ever want to say any anything, please interject. Okay. And just prepare prepare yourself for me to ask you your top four songs. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah. I'm I'm not prepared, but I I will I will have to be. Um, I, I mean, I'm not gonna talk about any of them in detail. I don't think, but just gonna go through it. Okay, the very first one is Alexander. It's titled Alexander Hamilton. It's just a great intro. Intro. It's so concise, and it's great that the entire cast is singing it. Um, we have next up. We have Aaron Burr, sir, which is. You know, it's just a setup of the of really important characters or like the two two kind of main characters, the conflict. Um yeah, the the third one, my shot is the classic I want song, where you know the the protagon- protagonist, I guess, is uh you know stating his desire. We have the Skylar Sisters, um, which is just a powerful intro to the yeah, the the titular Skylar Sisters. Um, and what I mo- like most about this is just the performance is so great and it's very Beyonce and it's such a powerful song. The only thing I don't like about that song mm. is like just New York. Yes. It's... Calling it the greatest city in the world over and over yeah. again. I'm just like, yeah. um, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially that ru- at that time. That runs you know? through the entire musical, but you know, a, a lot of people, including Miranda, are from New York, and it is also in broad on Broadway, right? So I know, I know, but fuck New York. <laughs> wow, getting getting it on record. Rashad hates New York. Um, I have never been, so I can't tell. Um, no, Rashad, I have not been to New York. <laughs> <laughs> before you before you are exasperated no i have never been there i figured yeah uh, we have right hand man which is um the intro to george washington also so powerful i love christopher jackson he has such a such an authority um we have set satisfied uh which is just the reversal of helpless the previous song and i like helpless but satisfied is just because of the like rewinding the time and kind of like meta commenting on things that happen is so powerful. And yeah, I just really like Renee Elise Goldsberry as well. Satisfied is so good. Oh my God. Just, I have chills thinking about that song. Yeah. Next up we have wait for it, which is basically uh birds. I want song. It's like the contrast to Hamilton um which is just so so good again like aaron burr is my favorite character and i specifically like the orchestration because every time burr is singing there's just this beautiful string section um you know violins and cello and i'm a sucker for that so that always helps and of course leslie odom jr holy fucking shit Next up, we have 10 Dual Commandments, which is just a great idea as, you know, setting up a very important thing that happens three times um, in this musical. You know, we have three duels. We have Yorktown, which is just, you know, a huge culmination in a way. And 
a lot of musicals would have this as the last song before the break, before the intermission. But Miranda is like, nope, we have to set up important things. And yeah. Next up, we have Dear Theodosia, which is so beautiful. Now it's uh, Burr and Hamilton think uh, singing about their children. And it's it's just gorgeous. It gives me the chills every time I listen to it. And, you know, some people have complained about uh that that the uh, that the writing isn't that good in this song but they have kind of failed to notice that's kind of my theory anyway that hamilton his his like writing his, his lyrics are not good because he is so overwhelmed with joy that he for once is like incapable of expressing himself and that's why he has these really really easy rhymes like sun and sun and things like that. And I I mean, I must assume that that's on purpose, you know, that that's the reason. And it's a really subtle thing, but I love it. Um, next up, we have the uh, the last song of the first act, Nonstop, which, you know, you see the, the we, you have the seeds of the conflict sprinkled throughout, but this is the first time where you kind of can understand where Burr is coming from, I feel like. Like his frustration about Hamilton. And yeah, it's uh, what a way to end the first act as well with, you know, different motifs with, you know, history has its eyes on you. And I forget what the, uh, basically what a time to be alive sort of thing. I, f I forget. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's just, just a really, really, you know, high adrenaline song as well. Um, next up, we have the first, the first song of the second act, the entrance of Thomas Jefferson. Holy shit! So good. What an entrance, right? Um, the performance is amazing. The dancing, the singing. Uh, there is this really subtle thing where you know, or this kind of really cynical thing where Thomas Jefferson sings. You know, I can't believe that we are free and his like slave chorus is like singing it with him and it's just, oh, it hurts. But yeah, David Diggs' performance there is amazing. I really, I would really love that outfit. We have two um, cabinet battles that are basically, they're talking about fiscal and foreign policy through rap battles, which is just amazing. I mean, on a meta level, think about how awesome that is. Just like representing foreign policy and cabinet discussions and debates via fucking rap. That's amazing. Who would have thought that'd be possible in a musical? It's it's not it's even more so with the you know, the question of establishing a national bank. That I think is even more incredible that, you know, foreign policy is a thing that like whether they know a lot about it or not people have a have an opinion on it Ooh, political comment by chris oopsie um but i feel like fiscal policy nobody cares yeah good point presenting this battle of ideas which is what this essentially is in such a way is, is amazing we have next up uh, the room where it happens the anthem for you know for striving to become powerful in politics the performance is amazing you know leslie odin jr oof he's like he's all over the place like just like dancing and it's just crazy i love it so much 
one thing I just wanted to mention on uh, Washington on your side. Uh, obviously, one thing we have, you know, daddy's calling at the end, just a sick burn in terms of rap things. But also, there's this moment where Burr, Madison, and Jefferson, yeah, they're, they're, they are singing Southern, Southern motherfucking Democratic Republicans. And there's this tidbit where Burr doesn't chime in until motherfucking. So he doesn't say Southern because he's from the North. And it's a really cool little detail. Oh, wow. That's cool. Next up, we have the ascent of, of Washington in One Last Time, which is just Chris, Christopher Jackson just goes all out in this one. Uh, it's it's just, so beautiful. It's so powerful. Now I wanted to take the opportunity to talk about the three King George songs. You'll be back. What comes next? And I know him, which is just, you know, this commentary across the pond. Yeah, it's just amazing. His performance is hilarious, you know, with a, I'm so blue. And then, then the, he taps on the ground or like he stomps his foot and then the lighting changes from red to blue. Um, yeah, as you said, his like spittle and like this just like manic energy because famously King George di didn't just lose like what became the U United States, but he also lost his mind afterwards. Um, yeah, it's just a really cool performance. Yeah, and all, all of the songs are basically British pop ballads, which and they just all of them get out of control. These King George songs are really just a great avenue also for adding humor and levity to such a serious show. Mm -hmm. It's just such a great contrast. You know, that is kind of the uh, the struggle, right? It It is really serious what they're talking about, but every once in a while you need just this comedic relief. Yeah, we get that throughout as well. Um, next up, we have Hurricane, where you can really see Hamilton's delusion and paranoia, where he's like, I'm just going to save everything. And I'm, you know, there are these rumors and I'm going to, you know, show that I didn't do anything wrong there, but I did, did do something wrong in another uh, avenue. And uh, nobody will care about this. So I will, you know, everything will resolve itself. And it's just like the biggest misjudgment of his life, possibly. And yeah, that's actually something that when I read the Ron Chernow book that kind of, you know, he went into a lot of detail how paranoid Hamilton became and he just saw like um, plots against him everywhere. And I mean, he was under a lot of duress and attacks, but yeah, that's a really, um, yeah, that that's kind of the, the climax of that. Next up, we have the Reynolds pamphlet, which... <laughs> is really dark but also really funny where they basically talk about you know what the thing that ha the document that hamilton writes uh where he basically says yeah i didn't i didn't like steal money but i did have an affair that goes into burn which i have to say it's painful to hear someone talk about burning sources yeah and it's just like oh don't do it don't <laughs> but you know we we have eliza really you know having a lot of agency here we have this amazing description of hurt which obviously culminates in uh, i hope that you burn you know where she previously just talks about burning letters and all of it and then like uh, the very last thing she says i hope that you burn not just the letters 
Yeah, just very quickly on uh, one song, Blows Her All Away. It gets me every time that, you know, they don't wait, like the um, Philip Philip's opponent doesn't wait until 10, but he shoots him at 7. Yeah. The first time I saw it, it, I was like, I was, it was almost like the same reaction as I have with a smash cut in horror films or anything. It's like, whoa, because it was set up so well that, you know, you wait until 10 and it's so honorable and blah, blah, blah. And then the guy just shoots him. That's obvious. And that, you know, results, it's quite uptown. Which is just oh so heartbreaking and so touching. We have one of these comedic breaks in the uh, election of eighteen hundred. We're like, can we get back to politics? Uh, sort of thing. That's pretty funny. Um, but the performance in there is great as well because you see the staging is so great because you see you see Burr and Jefferson on either sides, and then in the midst, but elevated above them, is Hamilton, who is you know as it is presented in in the in the musical which is not true and what didn't happen actually happened that way but you know now in terms of narrative that's a pretty cool way to present it is like he like his was this was the decisive vote and just if you look at the the faces of you know burr and jefferson or you know Odom, leslie odom jr and david Diggs, what they emote just by their facial expressions is amazing. You have, again, the direct consequence of that is your ob- obedient servant, which is just a really good idea to present it that way. You have this really strong buildup. It kind of escalates, and, and then they end up dueling each other. We have the actual duel in uh, be- between Burr and Hamilton in The World Was Wide Enough. And you have such a variety of musical styles here um and it's especially strong by burr this you know he puts his pistol at this guy and then his his cry like wait that's so i don't know that is kind of why would you hate burr like in this musical i don't know of course he does some things that are questionable but he is such a tragic figure and he you can when he subsequently tells uh, you know what the consequences are for him having shot Hamilton, you know, the sorrow and the regret is so palpable. It's just, again, shivers down my spine. And yeah, this song also pays off so many things that have been set up previously, um, as does the very last song in this musical, uh, Who Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story, which just brings everything together, talks about how Hamilton is perceived by his peers uh, and in history, but also, you know, the spotlight is on Eliza uh, at the end. And I think, again, that goes to, they talk about how they, like she tried to work on the perception of Hamilton during her time, but also for future generations. And I think, again, from a narrative perspective, that is very, very cool on a meta, meta level. Yeah, those are the songs. I mean, it's just, it's just, one hit after another every mm. song in this soundtrack is amazing and the creativity with which they play off one another is so fascinating and how like there's so many reprisals of earlier songs later in the show and how it just all melds is every once in a while you are completely awestruck mm. by the brilliance of a singular piece of art mm-hmm. and there's nothing other. To, there's nothing more that I can say that this is it for me. Like, 
there i can't imagine something more creatively written more better cast more diverse more interesting on so many different levels than this singular musical and it's just it's a phenomenal piece of work mm. oh now i have to give you a top four it hurts like it's difficult i have narrowed it down to eight wow <laughs> it's very difficult yeah i get it i i it's really difficult um you know it's just like there's just because they're all so good they're all right? good yeah i mean i didn't talk about some of them just because some of them are basically just like interludes um or just you know for example the um uh, the story of tonight i really like this one but it doesn't serve that much of a of a narrative function uh, it's just kind of you have these three strong songs at like at the beginning and then you kind of need something that's less intense especially because the next one is also the skylar sisters so you need something that's like little just a little you know very light song yeah but it's still good yeah Oh man, top four. Let's see. Oh, oof. Okay, got it. Got it. Yeah, uh, it hurts. Okay, we have satisfied as a honorable mention. Um, Dear Theodosia, nonstop, and the world was wide enough. Do I have to rank them? Because you will have to rank them as well. No, no, the thing is, I think, because I'm going by Mount Rushmore rules and there is no ranking on them, they're all horizontal, right? So it's just the top four. So it's just it's just a lot of Burr songs. It's Wait For It, What Did I Miss, The Room Where It Happens, and One Last Time. Wow, that's so interesting. That's all good. Those are all amazing. Everything's amazing. You can't go wrong with choosing four, any no. four here. It's so funny because all of mine yeah. are um, Skylar Sister songs. Or most of them, at least. They are great, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, except for the one big one. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> what are um, yours? Mine are Satisfied. Yeah. Take a Break. Yeah. Um, one Last Time. And It's Quiet Uptown. Mm. Those are the four. It's very somber songs for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I love, again, I love all of the songs. But... Yeah. No, we've clearly established our top four and we hate everything else. <laughs> yes. Like, wait for it. And the room where it happens is just where Leslie Odom Jr. just steals the show. Yeah. And he's just, he is so talented. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just something about those songs that I just find so powerful. What Did I Miss is just obviously like a lot of the like you know slavery and all of that is all bad of course but like what it's just like the the song itself is like so it's like a funny dance song like i don't know it's just so like a positive song in a way it's like oh do, 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 do. it's so funny that i just love it as like as a song and of course one last time is just epic you know and I love, I love as well. One, like what, uh, what did I miss? Is just like when he's going down the stairs and they have it. Oh, so good! It's so funny. I think also for me, the music I associate more with the soundtrack without watching it. Yeah. Just because I listened to the soundtrack so many times before ever seeing it. Yeah, that makes it. And of then sense. if I think if you if you were to give me like a ranking top four for just like the soundtrack versus the show. Hmm. 
even though they're almost the same, I would give different rankings. Basically, all of those like four songs have so, such strong performances in the video version um, that you know, I they're, they're definitely that definitely influences my opinion. Oh, fair enough, for sure. You know, all the like somber songs are like beautiful, but if I had to choose what to what to listen to, like it would not be that part. You know. Oh, I always listen to the somber songs. That's what I go to. <laughs> yeah, no, I I'm literally like you know like Jefferson and Madison. It's like, oh, can we get to politics? Like this is this is a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, you know, it's quite uptown, and all of the other ones are so beautiful. It's just like oof. Yeah. Like I have to be in a mood for those. I find them more universal for me yeah, and something that I can dip into at any time, at any moment, mm. um, no matter what I'm feeling. Yeah. And I, I wanted to close on something that's at least as important as this musical to me, because this musical has been a, a springboard for many of the cast members for further career steps. I just wanted to point out the two people that have, you know, that I have definitely gravitated towards are Leslie Odom Jr. and David Diggs. Uh, and I know that you share this love. I mean, David Diggs is maybe my favorite human. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's he's great. Leslie Odom Jr. as well. Uh, they're both great musicians as well. And um, yeah, David, obviously also both actors. Uh, David Diggs and Rafael Casal, you know, they're the duo, basically. Um they did a, this great movie called uh, Blind Spotting, and uh, Leslie Odom Jr. obviously had has been acting as like up a storm, and w- was nominated for an Oscar as well for uh, One Night in Miami. And uh, yeah, they are both just great, and again, musician like great music as well. So I encourage everyone to check them out. I mean, other than Lin Manuel Miranda, who do you think is? possible who do you think of the cast would maybe egot because many of them already have the tony grammys probably leslie odom jr i think yeah that yeah. that's what i would say i would like it to be david Diggs. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it could be david Diggs for like original song oscar yeah and then emmy is like a crapshoot so yeah i think that is definitely something that i you know i took from this musical as well just to discover all these great artists and you know it happened at a really interesting time where i started to get back into rap so hamilton is good you should you should check it out (laughs) it's so rare that things that are so hyped just live up to the expectation i didn't go into it wanting to hate it or anything i was like i was just curious how much it could live up to the expectations and safe to it say just does. it does it does so well and yes it's great and yeah so far we've had a great variety of different topics for the weekly hug um and let's see what happens in future episodes we might you know now fall back on other medium that we've discussed before but that's okay or go like off the wall yeah, who knows what your next topic is going to be. I'm really looking forward to it. I should have saved the singing part for the musical episode. Damn it. Ah, that would have been good. If you liked what you heard, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. 
you didn't like the show, why are you still listening? Five stars. If you want to get in touch, there are a few ways you can do that. Email. Write us an email to hello at seriallyhooked.com. Website. You can check out our website and suggest future topics at seriallyhooked.com. Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at seriallyhooked. If you like the show, tell a friend or 10. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. It really makes a difference and helps people discover the show.